Welcome to the island of Night Kitchen, where the good bands play and we all have the island. Welcome to the island of Night Kitchen, where the good bands play and we all have fun. Welcome to Live from the Night Kitchen, the live music podcast showcasing artists from the D.C. area and beyond. In the studio today we have Black Rhinoceros. What song are you guys going to start us off with? Tennessee Waltz. Part three. Bags and moves to the south to work it all out in her head. She's running away from the ghosts in her life, the emotional strife that I caused. Please spare me the details of what you were thinking when. Acting before, and I'll spare you the details of what I was thinking. Tennessee waltzing with you, Tennessee waltzing with you, Tennessee waltzing with you. you. 
right, welcome to Live from the Night Kitchen, the live music podcast showcasing artists from the D.C. area and beyond. My name is Jordan. I'm your host. Let me introduce my co-hosts. Here's Emmett Parks. Hi, Jordan. How are you? I'm fine. Here's Wyatt. (laughs) Hey. All right, without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guests, Black Rhinoceros. Hello. Hey, guys. You just heard their first song, (laughs) Tennessee Waltz, part three was very beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Do um, you guys want to introduce yourselves individually? I'm Aaron Buchheister. I'm playing guitar and singing the words. <laughs> <laughs> and faking the accent. And uh, I'm Aaron Stedekor, and I'm on vocals and cello. Great. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, is, is there some significance to the name Black Rhinoceros? I mean, they, they, I have a, we were searching for band names, and we came up with a long list, and and maybe th- maybe this had something to do with it. Your viewers at home can't see this, but these <laughs> are Dunlop Altec Altec's picks, oh. and the, and the logo on them is. Lo and behold, black and, rhinoceros. And oh. That's the kind of pick I've been using cool. the past year or so. Nice. I think I think I'm that. I'm holding it up to the microphone so that <laughs> <laughs> the audience can see it. <laughs> Wasn't a turtle. <laughs> Cool. It was either the yellow turtle or black rhinoceros. <laughs> Color you can't plus see animal. the yellow turtle on here. Yep, it's worn off. <laughs> and you guys, um, black rhinoceros is just one group out of many that are sort of a part of your whole collective. You guys also have a project called Pompeii Graffiti, which is a, more of a full band. Yeah. So uh, what's the deal? <laughs> um, well, okay, so um, my friend Donnie from the Love Bug Junkies, um, was setting up these warehouse shows in Baltimore at their practice space, and he asked Pompey Graffiti to, to do it, and no one else in the band could do it, but I really wanted to do it. So he's like, dude, why don't you just play solo? And I was like, dude, that sounds like the scariest thing on earth. But um, he convinced me, and I did it as Pompey Graffiti Acoustic, and we got more offers to do acoustic-y gigs, and uh, Meanwhile, I was moving back from New York after I graduated from college, and I had been working with Pompey Graffiti kind of on and off while I was in New York. Um, you know, I'd, I'd come in for like one recording session, and then I'd you know go back to school. But I was moving back to start at University of Maryland, so I, uh, Aaron called me up and was like, "Hey, what do you say to learning some Pompey Graffiti tunes and uh, playing them acoustically?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, sure," and. And yeah, so we started yeah. as Pompey Graffiti Acoustic, and then people couldn't wrap their heads around that concept, so we decided to call ourselves something different. Cool. But so is it, you play the same songs in both groups? Sometimes. Um, some, like Tennessee Waltz, the electric band, will probably never play, you know? like. Mm-hmm. And that's the first song that you guys play. Yeah, but um, you know, a bunch of the other songs we do, and maybe we do a little bit differently, too. Not that differently, but... Um, yeah. They definitely have different feels because of, I mean, obviously there's no drums, there's no electric feel to it, so... MGMT? Exactly, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, um, you guys, uh, under the name Pompeii Graffiti, you have a series of live, sort of live concerts that are really well produced. Um, Internet World Tour? Yeah, yeah it's Internet called World the Internet Tour. World Tour. So, how did you guys come up with that idea? That's Aaron's. Uh, Aaron's baby. Well... Okay, it's kind of a multifaceted thing. So, for your listeners at home, it's uh, Internet World Tour is a, it's our third album that we're releasing 
as a YouTube web series, and we're doing releasing one song at a time, recording and releasing one song at a time, and they're pretty much all collaborative with different musicians from the scene that we just like, that I've always just wanted to play with, but you know, didn't want to make a whole new band just to play with one person. Um, so it's been really fun just to bring people in, and and most a lot of them we've done in my living room, and uh, I've got like a home studio, so I'll run like run around like a chicken with my head cut off, setting up the recording and getting everyone together and teaching everyone the songs and then we'll record them. And uh, it's turned out pretty cool. I had a lot of cool people on and um, we've got more to come. Cool. And you guys, you do a full recording and then you make the live video separately, right? It's not, it's it not necessarily a live um, recording? Some of them are all live. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Some of them, some of them from logistical for logistical reasons, couldn't be all live. Um, two that we've done recently, Heartstrings and Jazz Hands for James, were not done live much at all. They were done in a studio, and we basically just made music videos for them, just purely because of logistics, because there were so many, so many people on them. Mm-hmm. that we couldn't get them all in the same room at the same time. Yeah, that one looks really cool. I like all the thanks. the trippy visuals and stuff. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, um, so Pompeii Graffiti has, like, sort of a revolving lineup? Um, it's been the same core lineup for quite a while, like five years, I think. Um, me, myself, Kara Santon on keyboards and vocals, Tyler Grimsley on bass, and Robin Ekman on drums, and Erin plays with us when she can. But she, you know, was in college in New York for quite a while, so she was only playing with us, like, once in a while. We did this cool cursive show together. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know about that. Cursive um, the show? The Ugly do you know, Organ? Do you know the Ugly oh, Organ? yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. There's a I, great cello part for that entire album. Oh. So I figured, hey, we should cover this album note for note. So That's awesome. We learned it, and Aaron came down from New York to play, play it with us. And Wow. Where yeah. can people that, find that? Yeah, where do you, where do you find that? I want to hear No, that. we just played it out a couple times, like yeah. three or four oh. times. Oh, okay. And we played it in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and that was the show that Aaron almost couldn't play because <laughs> yeah, she was under 21. Yeah. So oh, I right. sat at the bouncer station. But we also, <laughs> we also covered, uh, the show. <laughs> we also did the same thing, like a note for note, quote unquote, note for note cover of a uh, neutral milk, neutral milk hotels in the airplane over the sea. And we did do like two videos in my living room that we put up on the internet. Oh, that's really cool. What about we had a the nine piece band for that. It was awesome. What about the Pixies cover? That? Oh yeah, that was part of Internet World Tour. Yeah. Um, that was kind of before I knew that Internet World Tour was going to be our third album. I thought it was just going to be kind of a variety show. You have a, a number that you're trying to get to right now. You have eight of them out. Uh no, I don't have a number. <laughs> I, but I think like twelve will be good. You know, that's cool. that's like an album, right? And then yeah. and then we'll have a DVD, I guess, and a CD. Oh, Not great. that anyone will ever buy it. <laughs> it's for you. But it's, it's for, for me. It's for the band. Cool. Yeah, I'll put it up on my wall and say, "Here's something fun I did." Cool. Well, I think we'll go ahead and transition into your second song. Um, this next one is called "Comically Pathetic." So here we go. Comically pathetic wish that I had 
One ounce of courage just to work up the nerve to ask what you are doing next Friday. We should hang out and go to a concert or something. You came to see my band when we played at Auto Bar. You were adorable and so very shy. We had drinks together and talked about music. You asked for my number, of course I obliged. It's not every girl that makes me nervous. I fumble my words as I try to impress you. I probably come off a jerk. But I'm just self-conscious Aren't give up You're worthless Oh, Selena I want to talk to you so badly I don't know how Not to come off as super creepy I'll just shut up and live on in my imagination If I don't try Then I won't face possible rejection I went to see your band At the Velvet Lounge You were incredible You blew me away well, I was so mesmerized You wore my band's t-shirt so vulnerable it put me at ease so melt my face with your Gibson SG and rock this place till I'm weak in the knees pour out your heart until all that I think is I don't deserve you and you don't Hell, I don't deserve anything. That was comically pathetic by Blast Black <laughs> Black Rhinoceros, <laughs> played live from the Night Kitchen. I'm really glad that you guys could come and play. Thanks for having yeah. us. Those are sounding really here. awesome. Glad we could figure out a date. Yeah. Yeah. We've been. This has been in the works for a long time. So yeah. we're Two whole weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's forever. Eons. Yeah. I can't see past Friday night. <laughs> yeah, it's been two weeks. <laughs>
Alright, so. Uh, <laughs> Sing it. That's all I know. Okay. <laughs> Singing, isn't it? We're going to spend two weeks and talk to them about setting up a date to do the podcast. Alright, alright. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Alright, do you write the songs mainly? Uh, yeah. Um, most of them. Most all of them, I guess. Uh, Tennessee Waltz was is the one different one in that um, Aaron kind of came over to practice and she she was kind of glum looking. I was like, what's wrong, Aaron? And she's like, well, I just feel like I'm not contributing a lot to the band. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, you just write all the songs and like then we work on them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, isn't that what you sound like? That's um, totally. <laughs> and I was like, well, we should write something together. So, so Aaron actually kind of came up with most of the music to Tennessee Waltz. That's great, because some of your and stuff we, is we really... together. Yeah. Some of it is really interactive. and It's very classical sounding. Mm-hmm. Classical sounding. Yeah. Like yeah, I mean, it... it music <laughs> Are we trained? classically trained? Is that oh, what you're asking? Yes. I hate Big that question. question. <laughs> God, so but, yeah. but she is, yes. I, yeah. Hold on, yeah, who just I'm got their master's it. degree? Yeah. <laughs> in cello performance? Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, and so is Arn. Arn was also, also trained classically, but guitar classical training, I feel like, is so different from uh, violin, viola, cello, classical training, in that you don't learn to read music first. Am I, am I correct in that? Well, anyone who <clears throat> learns guitar probably starts teaching themselves and then taking guitar lessons and learning tab. But yeah, I did go to music school and I learned how to read and play classical guitar and stuff. Um, so, so like as you probably heard on Comically Pathetic, yeah, there's some finger picking and stuff, and it's kind of classical guitar-y, But you know, well, you probably have to like with such a vast knowledge of music, you probably have to exercise restraint so that you can y- you have the <laughs> you pull back the amazingness. I, I'm not gonna answer that question. <laughs> I mean, it's probably like have to dumb it down. I'll, a lot. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you keep dreaming about well, how fast I could play. <laughs> like your music is is really enjoyable and digestible, and it it, it works. Really it's not well. too dense, you know. It's um, thanks. It's not like. Uh, some of these other bands we don't like. <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, I bleep them out. I'm gonna say, but bleep it out. Fish. <laughs> um, I don't have anything Night to say. Kitchen. My kitchen. <laughs> well, I, I think it really like starts from the song. Usually, the song starts pretty simple, um, and then we work up an arrangement. You know, Aaron and I spent a long time in practice rooms at University of Maryland <laughs> working up arrangements to these songs, just like, yeah. so all right, do something here. All right, don't do something right, here. Right, like, don't do that. Okay, like, what what would fit here, especially with cello? Like, okay, what's not going to cover up Aaron's vocals because yeah. the cello is such in his range? Um, okay, what can I do here that isn't classically cliche? Okay, what can I do here that would, like, add this... Uh, this tone to a lot it. of times with the cello it's also like you could just play bass lines on the cello yeah. but it's kind of boring if you just play bass lines I but, get bored well yeah and the listener too yeah. but the cello could also just easily overtake me with playing mel- melodic stuff mm. and that's too much too so finding the line where the cello covers some bass territory covers some melody some counter melody that's kind of yeah. like what we worked on the most and trying to make things sound interesting. Yeah, still making, like, developing that, especially when we would take a Pompeii Graffiti song and translate it to um, to Black Rhinoceros, or then, you know, Pompeii Graffiti Acoustic, um, when you're figuring out, figuring out those arrangements. You know, you, I had 
we both had to cover different parts of the way Aaron plays things are sometimes different than how he would play them in the full band. I definitely play things differently. Um, and coming up with a, a synthesized version of that full band arrangement that works for two people, that isn't too heavy, that works for what we have and has been an interesting Especially that kind of thing. like pushes without <clears throat> drums. That's kind of, yeah. you know, because yeah. the drummer for Palm Baker Feedy, Robin Ekman, is such a talented drummer. He's fantastic. That, that, uh, I feel like I it, it lets me be really lazy that I can just like write something super simple and he can just come up with something that drives the hell out of it and you know without him I'm just like oh god my safety blanket's gone <laughs> so yeah it well, takes a lot of work the first time I saw you guys in concert was um, at a little house show in Silver Spring and it was a really long show there were like six bands or seven oh, yeah, bands yeah. and there were punk bands and all kinds of people coming in basement? and out yeah it was a yeah. basement show yeah, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> the energy was really good for for everyone. But when you guys played, everybody sat down on the floor. I don't even know if people if anybody asked them to sit down on the floor, but it was just a really great vibe and everybody was really keyed in on on you guys and every like when there would be pauses, everybody was was there well, and that, present. Well, that crowd actually we had played for that same not the exact same crowd, but some of those people before at the Electric Maid in Tacoma Park and on that show we were actually dealing with a a sound cur like a noise curfew so we mm. went last on this set because we couldn't have the electric bands going too late into the night so we had you know we didn't plug in it was all acoustic and, and then we everyone sat in front of the stage like <laughs> right. just on chairs and it was like circle time and so that crowd kind of, they're like oh black rhinoceros is coming on okay we're gonna sit down and like be quiet it's <laughs> like it was it's it's a cool it makes it a lot cooler i think because then you can yeah. hear everything you can and the that crowd too like they had seen us that one time maybe and they came to that show and half of them like knew the, knew the words, words to yeah. our songs yeah. that that, was that, that are nowhere right like, yeah those songs are not recorded like anywhere at, at that point or released anywhere no one had recordings of those that was so cool like yeah. to, he to hear kids singing along to a song they heard once yeah it was like whoa yeah it was a really cool experience um yeah you're so you're your um, songs, like the lyrics of your songs, seem really honest and sincere. They're all lies. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Cursive. You mentioned them earlier. Oh, yeah. Like, there's, a, there's a narrative sometimes, there really often is. Oh, and um, Sometimes it's self-deprecating, sometimes not so much. <laughs> uh, like the, the Cursive song, from, from the Hip, I think it is, From the Hips. Yeah. You know that one? Hips Don't Lie? Don't <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hips Don't Lie. <laughs> Yeah, I listened to a lot of Cursive and a lot of Bright Eyes, you know, especially as a teenager. That kind of worked its way into it. Is it hard to decide, like, what your, what real details you're going to include in a song? Ooh, or how okay. much you're I going think, to actually uh, refer to? I think keeping people's names in the songs uh, and not changing the names <laughs> is something that I didn't put too much thought into uh, <laughs> it's too late now and it's always been too late uh, and and especially on the last Pompe graffiti record there was one instance where um, I oh man wrote a mean reactionary song to someone who had just been really rude to me on the internet who a friend I went to high school with yeah but like you know kind of just someone I knew who went to high school with um, more of an acquaintance yeah and we got in a tiff on the internet and that song comes out like three years later. But I wrote the song like right then when it happened with my friend. And it was the dumbest song I've ever written. And uh, 
I, I included her full name in it. No, just just first her address. address. Her uh, social security number, address. number. Address. So the CD comes out, and on the event page, like everyone's like, "Oh, great show, great show!" on Facebook, and and this this woman uh, posts like, "Hey, I just heard this song that you wrote about me, and it's really messed up, and you should take it down." And um, a lot of and. It, it started a huge, like, like hundreds of comments long thread <laughs> of and about people saying like, "Well, that song's not even art." Well, what is art then? <laughs> like, who are you to say what art is? Here, here's this guy, Gigi Allen. That's art, don't you think? Like, like you know. So it, it was kind of cool. Like, a lot of musicians and artists try to strive to like push the boundaries of what is art, and I've never tried to, but I somehow sparked that. Yeah. that Did you take the, the song discussion. down? No. <laughs> we we never we never commented on it or anything. Um, I, I just hope she realized that it was like the dumbest song I've ever written, and and she should just laugh at how dumb She's the song it is. Probably right now. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Probably. Not. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, details and songs. Yeah, I end up keeping a lot of names in the songs, <laughs> and I don't. That's the one time it's bitten me in the ass. <laughs> I think I think most of the other girls probably haven't heard the songs that I've written about them. Do you think um, do you think playing these songs over and over again affects how you feel about the 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 thing that it's about the emotions that that you were feeling originally? Does it change it over time? Um, I mean, the feelings are all always the same. Like you know, even though it's each each song is just a cap a time capsule of just some moment in time. But when you play the song, you remember how you felt when that happened. And you've got some insight into like, you know, into what happens all the time. But uh, I don't know. It, yeah, kind of. I guess it kind of does make me relive who I'm singing about or what happened that made me write a song about them or the event. So I guess it doesn't really change much, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. as, as an acoustic duo, What's it like playing? You were talking about playing shows with electric bands. What it? What is that like? Usually, like when you play a show, how does the audience react? React when you guys are playing? Well, stuff? usually we're opening for a lot of electric. Like we're the the low maintenance set. We're the low maintenance load in. We're the low maintenance like sound requirements. So and we take up the least space. So we'll, you know, set up around <laughs> these electric bands. And they're usually I don't know. I'm thinking of like our shows at the Metropolitan where like. We, we get there and there's not a whole lot of people there yet and we you know we're kicking off the night um, which is nice or but then there's sometimes like that one show at electric Maid where all these electric bands had already gone and then we were kind of like winding down the night so it can it can go either way with like our place in the concert but I always feel like people never expect they're just like oh yeah cool cello yeah all right okay cool mm -hmm. and then they they never really expect what is actually happening on stage um, which is a cool feeling, actually. I think the cello is a good icebreaker to people. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I think if I played all these songs without a cellist, they wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, no, no, hold on, that, hold on. It's an it's an icebreaker. I'm not saying like the quality isn't, you know, the quality's yeah. good, but people see a cello and they go, okay, I will give it a shot now. Mm -hmm. I will try to listen. It's a little bit of a 
just kind of getting her attention. Yeah. It's unusual. Right. But just, that's not something we tried for. It's just Aaron just plays the cello, and she's rocks, and I love playing with her. You know? It's also interesting that cello is becoming more of a... Um, more of a resource in rock bands like you have you see a lot of groups that use cello um now uh and so people are not as surprised but just as intrigued which is nice i hope they never stop being intrigued by the fact <laughs> like because you know you could you could also do cello in a rock band really badly like i've seen that i've been that you want to get us me. in trouble it's been me it's been you it's been me in the past and i'm like oh god what am i doing but, uh, I think that's usually just when the pickup fails or something. No, when we first started playing, like I just played all the time and I just wouldn't stop. Playing. Oh yeah, and that you know that's how you do cello bad and badly in a rock band. But anyway, people are really interested <laughs> to see what comes out when you add this traditionally classical instrument into a a duo with guitar, and it yeah, it's it's cool. It's cool to see people's reactions. Yeah, I really like the dynamics that you guys can achieve with louder moments and the super soft moments and pauses and stuff like that it really keeps you on your toes and Thanks. captures people's attention us too it keeps you. us on our toes yeah <laughs> she's she's really good with uh just like breathing and playing together um she can just like hear my breath or sometimes <laughs> she'll take a breath and we'll start we'll like start. i guess from years of being in string quartets and trios you just start to act as like one ensemble yeah. That's that's kind of cool with acting with one brain. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Well, I think we're going to go into your third song and this next one is called Happiness. All right. Mm-hmm. out a big strong tree with firm roots and thick limbs with which to dangle me or drive out to the bay bridge the wind is rustling through my clothes wait for a strong breeze to see how fast I can go well I hope you're sorry about how you fucked me over Ripped my heart out And broke it over and over again No, I'm not angry No, I'm just disappointed that you And I never made it But happiness does not become you Happiness does not become you No matter what I say or do Happiness does not become you No, happiness does not Become you. You cover your wrists up, hide the damage. From your blade, you bury your feelings to 
live with the choices you made And everyone tells you Just how much you mean to everyone else But you don't hear them Because you're intent on loathing yourself You know I'm sorry For all the mess here that I have made I had hopes we'd get married But now I think it's much too late This is so scary I'm so frightened of losing you I want you to love me With the kind of love I had for you But happiness does not become you No matter what I say or do Happiness does not become you That smile just doesn't quite fit on you Happiness does not become you No matter the love I had for you Happiness does not become you No happiness does not become Alright, that was Happiness by Black Rhinoceros, played live from the Night Kitchen. Um, I'm so glad that we could get this together. You guys were really great. Thank you. Thanks. Um, we still have one song we could fuck up. Yeah. Don't, know. <laughs> don't, don't curse us yet. <laughs> don't jinx it. Um, so, uh, uh, you guys can, <laughs> so people can find a live video of you guys playing your song, Gaius, um, and that was your entry to the the tiny desk concert yeah. contest. Yep, yep. And we, we recorded that. Did you that. get in? No. You know? no. <laughs> um, if they got in, they wouldn't be doing this podcast. No, we, we would. Oh, we'd still be here. Yes. But. That was a really fun video. We, we my, my friend Catherine owns an art gallery in Annapolis, the Annapolis Collection Gallery. We'll plug that for her. And she always throws really cool events, and um, she has me play classical guitar and stuff when she does these events. So I asked her if we could record that there. And, she was very excited about it. Um, in fact, if you watch Pompey Graffiti's Internet World Tour videos, um, the intro with Roland Feldspar, that's filmed in that room also, but on the hmm. other side of that room. Cool. Yeah. Dr. Roland Dr. Feldspar. Dr. Roland Feldspar. <laughs> Were you guys really in Ana Antarctica for that one? <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought you were when really? I saw it. Good. I'm glad we were in Mongolia. I'm glad we didn't play in Antarctica. We can play an actual show. There. <laughs> so, um, so where can people find your music online? Um, Facebook. We are on Facebook. I think it's Facebook.com/slash Black Rhinoceros, and we're getting a website up. I think it's up. I think it's Black Rhinoceros Band. Dot com. I think, <laughs> and uh, we're releasing an EP probably by the end of the summer-ish, probably I think six songs, that sounds really good already, Yeah, cool. I'm very mm -hmm. excited about that, um, just got my friend Nate 
Lanzino from Ampersand String Band to play mandolin on one song. Oh, nice. So nice. he's an incredible player. Speaking of mandolin, you have a tribute to Bill Monroe album. That's, that's right. <laughs> solo album, so people can check that out, too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, I have a question for you guys that I've asked all of the previous guests. Okay. If you could play at the birthday party, wedding, or funeral of any famous person throughout time, dead or alive, who would it be? Wait, so their birthday and their wedding and if their you funeral? Could, if you could it pick could just any event for any famous person. Anyone. Oh, man. Or all three. Or yeah, you can do all three for one person. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. man. <laughs> well, I think we would wow. do better at funerals because we're, right. <laughs> like, we're not really melancholy, happy. sad. And so, so you probably want it to be a, a person who who no one liked. <laughs> no one liked? <laughs> yeah, maybe like, uh, what's his name? The Boston Marathon Bomber. We'll oh, play at his funeral. <laughs> his funeral. Oh my God. <laughs> well, Is he I being mean, put to, or was he? Because no one's going to be like wanting happy songs there. They're going to be wanting glum songs. So you're playing <laughs> no. at the, you play at the funeral he or just, the, He just got like, sentenced to death. his birthday party. We could go play in a jail. That w- it would be like Folsom, like uh, yeah. Johnny yeah. Cash's Folsom Prison. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> we could play a jailhouse birthday party. That would make sense. But I don't think, if you... If you want us to play your wedding, there's probably something wrong with you. Yeah. And uh, yeah. funerals. Who's fu- I feel like we would be a good funeral after like after party. <laughs> funeral reception is that what we're looking for? Funeral reception. Yeah. The funeral funeral reception. party. Funeral, no, funeral party. Like, I don't know. There's food after. We're gonna play funeral parties now. Ew. That's hurt. <laughs> oh, Whose funeral party would we play? I don't know. Could be someone who hasn't died yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Could be anyone. Are they yeah. gonna book us in advance for this? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, no, we got a long waiting list. I mean, we'll put oh, you yeah. I'm not good at these questions. Those are the ones I'm really, I really suck at. It's probably because it's not a good question. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's a very good going. question. Uh, well then, then let's pick one person like who everyone. We picked one person who everyone hated. Let's pick one person who everyone loves. Um, when How Morgan, that, when um, Morgan Freeman dies, <laughs> when Morgan Freeman dies, we'll play his funeral party. Cool. Because everyone loves him, and yeah. and we'll all be sad together. I was gonna okay. say that. that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The girl you got into a Facebook fight. Yeah, that'd be a pretty. Good oh thing. man. <laughs> yeah, we'll play her birthday, we'll play yeah. birthday, yeah. birthday party. And, and yeah. we will let people throw rotten food at us. <laughs> I will that, be wearing a full shield. That, you can throw the fruit at Arnold. That that will be my like. Retribution. You guys will be tomato dodgers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, well, it's been a really great podcast. Thank you so, so much for far. having yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, is there anything else you guys want to plug? Is are there, are there any events coming up? Oh, uh, July twenty seventh at Joe's Record Paradise in Silver Spring. Mm-hmm. We are playing with a bunch of cool bands. You'll have to. <laughs> click on some Facebook links to find out who else is playing. Yeah, it's the suspense is killing you. It's killing you. <laughs> you should check it out. Yeah, I think that's a Monday. I think it's at like five p.m. Yeah, and it's definitely gonna be great. Okay. Yeah, Joe's cool. is a really nice space. Cool. Um, I've seen some pictures mm-hmm. that Ron Akins has posted from yeah. there. Oh yeah, it's a big old record store. Yeah. I think they're actually going to be moving pretty soon. I heard that. Or in a year oh, really? or two really? years when yeah when oh, okay. the release is up. 
cool. But where are they moving to? You think? I'm not. Uh, they might be moving to like an Aspen Hill uh, shopping center. Huh. Mm. Well, I've never been there. So, <laughs> so maybe now's hope. your chance. I mean, <laughs> now's the right. chance, and now's your chance out there on internet land. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we could go ahead and plug our EP release show at uh, DC Nine, <laughs> <laughs> since um, this yeah. will probably be the last podcast before then, um, July fifteenth, and we're playing with Heavy Lights from Frederick, and also Great Sea Knuckle from Frederick, who was our first Another guest on this band. podcast. Wow, yeah. stacked lineup. Yeah. Good you guys- job. Do you guys um, play mostly down here in this area, or do you go like around Frederick or uh, up we in played, Annapolis? Um, we played on a on a, on a like a, a ferry boat in Annapolis. Yeah, we played on the, the Harbor Friday. Queen in Annapolis, <laughs> like oh. the big the big tourist boat for a uh, uh, w, w WRNR Rock wow. and River Cruise. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. How did that come about? Um, <laughs> the uh, the people at R and R, I guess fairly into Pompeii Graffiti and and Milo Green they booked them to play this Rock and River Cruise so uh, they asked Pompeii Graffiti to open up for Milo Green but Milo Green's like a you know they're kind of like is it like CeeLo Green? no (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say I don't want to say Pompeii Graffiti would have blown them out of the water like in (laughs) in terms of like uh, skill but definitely out of like in like volume and aggression energy, maybe. and energy right. they yeah. were very like they're very chill and they're really good they but sounded like, fantastic we, we, pg would have just been the wrong band to open for them so i suggested black rhinoceros mm. instead and it it was critical cool. yeah it was nice it i've was really never played on a on moving a boat, boat oh god before. that was really weird i thought i was gonna <laughs> spill my guts oh. <laughs> well that's the last song that you guys are gonna play <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's perfect. coming up nice but, outro <laughs> <laughs> so how did you come up with the name pompeii graffiti Oh, um, well, that was, uh, my parents had this book called Scorn, and I just found it on their bookshelf one day, and it was, like, the history of vulgarity, um, (laughs) just through quotes, so it had, like, Winston Churchill and stuff found in, like, graffiti, like, bathroom stalls and, like, trucker, truck stops, but, like, the worst, craziest, most vulgar, disgusting stuff you've ever read was from the walls in Pompeii, like, 3,000 years ago that was preserved in volcanic ash wow. that people uncovered. And it was stuff like, Hieronymus, I will kill your dogs, then feed them to, to your, your mother, then cut her head off and rape her, and, and then, and then consume her, and then shit her out, and then feed them to your children, and then kill them, and feed them to you. Ah, take that! And that was, like, written on their, their like, bathroom, like, bathroom stalls. Like, gang, gang stuff or something? No, it was, just, it was just, like, it was just, like, you know, the modern-day equivalent of, yeah, of, like, Jesse likes to suck a lot of dick, here's his phone number. Like, you know, like, it was, that kind of stuff. So I wonder why they didn't survive as a civilization. <laughs> Well, well, send up camp next time. Yeah, yeah. You know, probably their name. Yeah. They just have bad luck. Hear that, kids? You know, don't, don't be vulgar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's that's kind of the point of Pompeii Graffiti is like to be ever, as vulgar as possible. Well, well <laughs> kind, of, in volcanic kind of. It's kind of like that. Everyone views like a golden age of civilization where people, you know, didn't use vulgarity. <laughs> Yeah, but that's never existed. There is no good old days. So like, fuck it, let's just <laughs> do it live. <laughs> fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> All right, and and uh, Black Rhinoceros is about to play "Spill My Guts" live. 
right here from the night kitchen. Fuck it, let's do it live! Thank you guys for having us. It was really a blast. Peace.